Hey guys, it's Sammy and Robbie back again to tell you about another upcoming con. And we're super excited about this one. Mm-hmm. It's another Indiana one. This one is PopCon, Indie PopCon to be exact. And it's going to be in Indianapolis, again at the Convention Center. Indiana Convention Center. Right in downtown Indianapolis. And Robbie will be there April 26th through the 28th. Yes. We were just at the Indiana Comic-Con, so if you missed us, mm-hmm. you get a chance to meet us again mm-hmm. at PopCon. Yes. Well, at least Robbie. At least me. Ashley will be there. Oh, yeah. Ashley will be there. That's an exciting thing. Ashley will be there, so you get to meet a lot of us on the network. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two-thirds. Two-thirds of it, yes. Mm -hmm. So, if you're coming to the show, please stop by the Limitless Broadcasting booth. Mm -hmm. We're always excited to see you. All right. That's all I got. Well, I guess we'll see you guys at the show. Bye. Bye. What's your favorite scary movie? What's the boogeyman? You hang up on me again, I'll cut you like a fish, understand? It's showtime. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to You Can't Kill the Boogeyman podcast. Again, I'm your host, Robbie. I'm Sammy. And this is my beautiful wife, Samantha, or Sammy. Sammy. (laughs) She likes Sammy. I prefer. (laughs) And we are joined by a very special guest. If you have not seen the first scream, you're missing out. For sure. Lenora Shelfo. I got that right. Close enough. No, no, no. You actually did the last name right. It's Leonora Shelfo. Leonora. Okay. Awesome. There you go. For those, uh, for my mistake. There we go. My friends call me Lee, so you can call me Lee. Lee. There you go. Okay. Call her Lee. And you're not based out of LA. You're based in Austin. I am based in, well, I spent most of last year in LA, but I am in Austin. At this particular moment, I'm in Houston. Okay. Okay. Yes, I live in Austin. Okay. Okay, that's cool. So Most before, of the time. <laughs> okay, okay. That's cool. So before we really begin the interview, kind of introduce yourself, people that are not familiar on who you are, mm-hmm. you know, give them the highlights. Well, I think everybody knows me from Scream, the first Scream, and I was the bitch cheerleader. Yeah. In the first Scream. That's yes, you here. were. Yeah. <laughs> obviously it's one of my favorite movies i will watch oh, that really? yeah mm-hmm. i will watch that movie through the year mm-hmm. uh, if we get bored we'll just pop something on mm-hmm. yes yes everybody loves scream mm-hmm. very popular absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely so from our research we know that your mother and stepmother and grandfather mm-hmm. was in the industry Yes, my my grandmother, it's not my stepmother, it's my grandmother and my mom. Okay. But yeah, my grandmother was very famous. She did the Roy Roger movies. Okay. And she did eight of them because Dale Evans was pregnant eight times. So my grandmother was the only woman that she trusted with her husband. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And so she, she, she mostly did Western films and she was a pinup girl. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather ran Universal Studios television casting for 30 years with Lou Wasserman. And he wow. cast all the famous shows like Gunsmoke and Bonanza. 
And then my mother was Deborah Winters and she was kind of like the Molly Ringwald in the Mm seventies. And she did the winds of war Koch with Walter Matthau, the people next door. And I was just telling my convention agent, Chris today that she's in actually a really famous cult classic horror film called blue sunshine. Mm -hmm. And then her and her husband did a horror film called the lamp. They're pretty popular in Europe. So yeah, I I come from some actors (laughs) and actually my mom and dad met in Stella Adler's acting class in New York City. My mom grew up in New York City. Mm-hmm. So okay. they actually met in acting class. Oh, I don't know. Very if you cool. guys, do you guys know who Stella Adler is and Lee Strasberg? Mm-hmm. I've heard of them. I've heard of the names. I've right, heard yeah. of their names. Mm-hmm. So that's where they met. So, yeah. That's very cool. So you're around the business at such a young age. How was it like growing up in the industry? Well, I grew up in Pacific Palisades and my dad owned Alice's restaurant on the Malibu Pier. Mm -hmm. And we had no idea what Hollywood was. It was very common for Steve McQueen to be bouncing me on his lap at my dad's bar when I was four years old. But Mm -hmm. I had no idea who that was, you know, and they filmed, I mean, they filmed so many things on the pier, like the Flamenco Kid and Dynasty and Dallas, Mm -hmm. everything really. But they, when you live, I don't know where you guys grew up, but when you grow up in Pacific Palisades and Malibu area, there's one road called PCH. And in the 70s, mm-hmm. all I did, we went from Pacific Palisades to PCH to my dad's restaurant. I thought we lived in a little tiny, small community. We had no idea where Hollywood was. Oh, wow. My mom, I mean, it was like I went to school and Goldie Hawn would pull up the Jeep and I didn't know who that was except mm-hmm. for. I, I know it sounds very glamorous, but when you're growing up like that, you have no idea. Right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And my mom would go off to work and disappear and come home with these Polaroids of these costume fittings. And it, it just seemed normal. It seemed very right. normal. And, and I had, I, we had no idea. It wasn't until the most, I think the most impressed I've ever been would probably be with my grandfather because it wasn't until later when I was in my early 20s, when I would meet casting directors like Joe Rich and Ruben Cannon, who was the first black casting director, my grandfather hired him for the mailroom. And it wasn't until those kind of people were like, your grandfather was like a big deal and was so nice and helped me with my entire career. It wasn't until those kinds of moments where I was like, oh, really? (laughs) That's still very cool. Yeah. And then now my grandmother has passed away and I still see her on TV all the time, but it wasn't until I started seeing, you know, her on TV that I even knew who my grandmother was. I had no idea. We went to the Roy Rogers museum and she was there with trigger, a stuffed trigger. And I was like, Oh, like, (laughs) you know, but to me, it was just kind of normal. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Do you remember going to any like award shows or, Anything like that when you were a kid? Well, my parents weren't to that level. My mom did one movie where she starred in with Walter Matthau called Koch. Okay. He actually got nominated. She starred in that movie with him. Mm -hmm. And he got nominated for Best Actor. Koch with Walter Matthau. And my mom didn't. And, And Walter Matthau told my mom, it's because everybody really believed that you were a pregnant teenage girl. So we, yeah. I didn't go to any award shows. The 
Hollywood was different in the 70s. It was more like the golden era of right. Hollywood. It's, right. Yeah. It's nothing like how it, it probably is now with all the reality shows being right. filmed. I think just billionaires live in Malibu now. When I yes. was coming up, like it was a community. You could afford to live there. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It was amazing to grow up in Malibu Pacific Palisades area in the 70s. It will never be replicated. It, it mm-hmm. just was a sleepy, cool beach town. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Yeah, that makes cool. sense. Yeah. I after I went to Ball State University and after college, I went out to L.A. Mm-hmm. and I was an editor for a while for a reality television company. Oh, you were? Yeah, I was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, what reality show? I w- worked on several different ones. I'll tell you after we're done recording. But <laughs> then the economy tank and then I had to come mm-hmm. back home. And then that's how I ended up actually meeting her. Mm-hmm. Because my idea was to actually go back i i grew up in indianapolis but i wanted to come back and go to la again but it's so expensive out there if you yeah. don't have a job or anything mm-hmm. like that and then at that time i went to every major studio warner brothers dreamworks pixar trying to get an editing job you should have called me i should have i should have my sisters are huge producers commercial producers you should have called me i should have but now we know each should've other known. so that's that's great. Should've They're known. still doing it. Yeah, it's very much a who you know business for sure. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Definitely. So you started your career. I know your very first play was the Snow White in, in grade school. In or, grade you school. did your research. Wow. I did. <laughs> grade in kindergarten. Throwback. <laughs> that, that is a throwback. Mm-hmm. And then you went That's out. Really, that touches my heart that you know that. Like, <laughs> no interviewer has ever mentioned that. Thank you. Well, I, I tried to do my cool. research. Very and cool. then you studied at the That's Atlantic good. Theater Company. Can you tell me how that I experience did. was? Well, I was. When you grow up with a mom and a grandmother as beautiful and talented as they were, I, I in no way compare to them or their careers. You kind of feel like you have to act. It's like the law. Almost. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was David Mamet's theater company. And everybody, uh, I always assume that everybody knows what I know, but younger generations might not know who David Mamet is, but he's a huge playwright. And he wrote Glengarry Glen Ross, the famous line, do the ABCs always be closing? Yep. And William Macy and Felicity Huffman were my teachers. Oh, and really? It was wow. it was pretty incredible. Now they had a very specific way that they they taught acting. I'm a much more spontaneous person, but I learned so much and I had so much fun. But at the end of the day, I'm not really a school person. <laughs> I agree with that. I, agree I, with I that ran too. a I ran a theater company in upstate New York at a prestigious prep school for 13 years, and a lot of what I learned there, I I used towards that. I I much prefer. I don't think you would know this, but directing over acting. So absolutely, um, I was. It's very. It's kind of an an uh, not an awkward thing, but a different thing for me to be interviewed. I'm usually the interviewer or directing or listening. So I learned all of that from actually William Macy. He was a phenomenal acting teacher. And he taught me, I don't remember if if he said this or if this is what I learned, but for acting, it's much more interesting to be interested. And if you look, especially with horror films, if you look at, Nev is really good at this. I remember Skeet told me, you probably want to get into all of that pretty soon, but. Eventually, yeah. Skeet would tell me, he's like, 
you know, I did. Yeah, I didn't. I've never worked with Nev, but when she would work, she would do very little. And sometimes I would be like, what's going on? Everything with her face, her expressions. So yeah, that's what I learned from, from the David Mamet experience. As long as you are completely present and actually interested in what the other actor is saying, that's going to be interesting to watch. Don't you kind of play off their emotions too? Like in the scene? Well, you would think, you would think, you but would think. that's, that is actually a very difficult thing for, uh -huh. in my opinion, you either have it or you don't as an actor. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are in their head mm -hmm. when they're working with somebody and they're just thinking about what they're going to say or do next. Mm -hmm. But what you just said is exactly why Meryl Streep and why the best actors are yeah. so compelling because they are actually reacting. Now you're getting me into my, because I was an acting teacher for a while. Mm -hmm. They are reacting to what has actually been given to them in that moment. And that's why whenever you do a scene, it can't really be done the same way because you're going to be given something different each time. Mm -hmm. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Fun little acting lesson. <laughs> right. Well, so, I don't have anything to do. I'm just... <laughs> you did a television show with John Stewart. The John Stewart John, show. John Stewart show. Yeah, MTV. MTV. How was that? Great. <laughs> How was John Stewart? Is he fun to be around? So fun. We actually, a lack of a better word, I mean, dated, but we hung out a lot. Oh, yeah. And yeah, he was, when I met John, he had just gotten that first MTV show. Okay. And Elise, Elise Goldberg or somebody gave, my agent a call and said, Hey, can, and I just was coming up. Hey, can you, can you find a girl? We want to do a blind date shtick with, with John. And we got along so well that he had a New York magazine wrote an article about him and they actually wrote about our interaction. Oh, and they said, that's cool. I remember it was the first time anybody had ever said anything about me. And they said, Leonora Shelfo is so opinionated. She should have her own talk show. So we, <laughs> He was just, he, I think he was just done being a bartender. And we actually lived about a block away from each other on 11th Street. And he was probably to this day, and now you guys know because he did the Daily Show, but mm -hmm. the smartest guy I've ever met. Just yeah. so smart. Mm -hmm. And I used to go watch him do stand up and we hung out. He was cool. Yeah. So you met him. He probably is still cool. Yeah. <laughs> I so imagine. you don't talk to him. <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually, I was eating a brunch with my entire family like a decade ago at, at Barney's and they have a level at the top in Beverly Hills. And he came up and introduced himself and said hi to my whole family. But no, I, I don't, he, I mean, I, if I see him, we'll be friendly. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Kind of like any other relationship. I don't go up to my ex-girlfriends and be like, <laughs> hey, hey how are you doing? You know? <laughs> well, no, I, he's not my ex-boyfriend. We, we hung out. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, okay. But no, he, you know, I would totally be friendly with him. Okay. I'm friendly with all my exes and people that I've dated except for the psychos. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> well, understandable. That, that's understandably yeah. so. <laughs> Could see that. Yeah. So your very first movie role was Power 98, and that came out in 96. And I'm assuming yes. you filmed that in 95, and it took them a year to actually get it together. Get it together. I guess. I don't remember as well as you, but yeah, something like that. <laughs> Jenny Garth, Eric Roberts, and Jason Getrich, Rich, I think, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. 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 That was your first big role, like, 
how was shooting that movie? Like, you're fresh off the TV show, and now you're on a movie set. Was it everything you hoped it would be? I've never been asked that, and actually, it was very stressful. Sure. Eric Roberts is a very interesting person, and my scenes were always with him. And right. he actually, he 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 taught me a lot. He was, how can I say it? He knew what he was doing and he knew what he wanted, even from me. So right. sometimes he would direct me more than the director. Not sometimes, most of the time. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's even better. And he, he just had so many interesting ideas. I remember one time, I don't remember what scene it was, because I don't ever usually watch anything that I've done because I get embarrassed. But that was going to be one of my to, questions. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted me to. He wanted me to whisper in his ear. And so he told me to do that. Like he would give me ideas and things that he wanted. And when he killed me, cause he killed me. Right. He didn't need to be there. A lot of times an actor won't be there if you're doing a close up, but they will be there or they won't be there. But right, mm-hmm. right. I had to die and I had to do it a lot of times. He poisoned me with wine mm-hmm. and he sat right there on the couch watching me the whole time even though he wasn't on camera Mm. and he made it very spooky and compelling he's a very interesting person i'm sure very talented i'm sure well that that would make the scene and being in the movie so much fun better when you have somebody that's invested in the character and wants the project to come out you know Mm -hmm. he's an incredible actor yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that um, brings us up to Scream. Yes. So how did you get the opportunity to be in Scream? Okay, how there's a lot of that? controversy around that because everybody knows that Skeet and I were together. We lived together. Yeah. I had an agent. Skeet had an agent. It has been told several different ways. The truth, it for my truth, I got called to audition separate than Skeet, okay? Mm-hmm. Lisa Beach, the casting director, and I read for Wes and I auditioned for Neb's role. Mm-hmm. Wes Craven said to me, Miramax will never have you. You're not a big enough name or a star. However, I would like you to just be the cheerleader. I didn't audition for that part. He just gave it to me. They had been calling Skeet separately and independently and didn't know that we were living together. And Skeet dropped me off at the audition and Lisa ran out to the car because I guess they've been trying to get a hold of Skeet and he never came in. But because wow. we were dating, he dropped me off at the audition, went and got him, and that's how that happened. A lot of times people say, I got the part because of Skeet. That's not how it happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got so, that cleared up. Yeah, I, oh. that's why I want to ask you these questions directly to clear up any rumors. It's really not that big of a deal. If Skeet had gotten me the part, mazel, you know? Yeah, at least uh, yeah. <laughs> that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. People make introductions all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's not how it happened. Mm-hmm. But, but if it did happen that way, I would be great. Okay. I mean, you yeah. know I this got, too. I got an audition because Skeet got me an audition. I would have been grateful. Mm-hmm. Nepotism is alive and well, but that's just not <laughs> how it happens. So. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Especially in Hollywood, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah. Right. And I'm not like angry about it or anything, but. I've spent 25 years not reading articles, not really paying any attention to the scream stuff. Mm-hmm. And I recently, I did my first convention mm-hmm. and one of the fan, I, 
he wrote the book. He wrote a book on Scream. Really? He okay. interviewed Lisa Beach, the casting director. Okay. And she told the story the right way. Mm-hmm. And then I had read some other blogs saying the only reason that Leonora got the part was because of Skeet. So I'm just clearing it up. I don't really care, but that Lisa Beach's definition of what happened is the accurate one since she was the casting director. Right. Well, mm-hmm. I've actually reached out to her to try to interview her as well. So mm-hmm. I've reached she's out to her. She's great. Uh, she's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I hope you can I hope you can get her. Me too. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. I was excited getting you. I was I was telling her. I was <laughs> yeah, like, like we got her. We got her. So I don't ever do I've done very few. I I well, we can get into it, but I I just never really understood the whole me, the whole interest in me for screen. Because well, I really liked your small... character. The bitch. Right. Oh yeah. I think <laughs> I you played it. that out really it well. Great. You and your yes. co or co-actress, <laughs> mm-hmm. the girl that was Nancy with you. Ritter. Yeah. Yeah. I've reached out to her on Instagram mm-hmm. and I'm waiting for her to see if she she'll will come. Definitely. She would have done the interview with me. She'll definitely do it. Mm-hmm. She, she's hard to get a hold of. Like I, I DM'd her a couple times and I'm just mm-hmm. waiting for her to get back to me. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She but, was with me at the Atlantic. I'll, I'll give her, I'll, I'll let her know. Okay. Okay. okay cool. How was the Comic-Con? Yeah. How it was, was in it? North Carolina. No, no, no. I haven't. I'm doing that next week. Next week. I did. The, my first one was in Atlantic City. My first and only. How was that? It was amazing. It was really great. It was at the showboat. Okay. I'd been asked to do the, anybody that's involved with Scream in any way is asked to do conventions. Mm-hmm. And I never, I didn't pay any attention to it. I, for no reason other than just, I didn't. And then after COVID and the quarantine, and I just get messages all, you know, a lot, all the time. And, I have this girl in Australia, Aussie Halloween, which she reenacts the scene and people send stuff. And I just thought to myself and people wanted to meet me. And I just thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to do it. Why so I, mm-hmm. I did my yeah. first one. What was it called? What was the show called? What show? The new, your convention in Atlantic oh, City. Oh, it was the New Jersey Horror Film Convention. Okay. Okay. And, and I already did it. I did it the 16th, 17th, and 18th. Okay. Oh. And I signed my very first screen poster and my very first ghost face. That's so cool. I saw that on yeah, and Instagram. They, and the, the fans had all the other signatures. You know, they had Skeet, Rose, ne- they had everybody. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we don't have you. <laughs> and I think they didn't have Henry Winkler. Okay. Or, or, oh. But supposedly they want for it to be a collectible item, I guess they want all the signatures of anybody that was in it. Right. Mm-hmm. So how, so, so you get on set you're on set with Nev, Ski, everybody, everybody, and you're on set with Wes Craven. First of all, how was it working with Wes Craven? Amazing. Unbelievable. And we had done a cast dinner before that. And I was, because Skeet and I lived together, I actually was on most of the shoot, mm-hmm. staying in the hotel. But Wes Craven was unbelievable. And I don't think I could have asked for a better director. He said to me, Lee, I just want you because basically the scene was a monologue yeah basically it was pretty much a monologue right and he said to me i just want you to do it over and over again until you feel like you nailed it Mm -hmm. so i did i did and on the third time was when i came up with the the finger thing Mm -hmm. that was not planned and this thing none of that was planned and i didn't do it the first two times but because 
Wes made me feel so comfortable that I had the freedom. He wasn't, you know, micromanaging me. Mm-hmm. I, f- I felt some kind of like spirit inside of me. And after that third take, Wes had cut and he ran up to me and he said, that's it. He you only was did it three times. Yeah. I did it three times. Wow. The, wow. Third, the third take is the one. But Wes came running and, and the whole entire crew clapped. Oh, it was wow. like, it was just. He, if Wes said, that's it, that's it. He was so happy. So when you were doing your monologue, with the third take, with the third take, yeah. (laughs) Did the whole cast watch you or? or... Oh no, that's not how it works. Nev wasn't even there. Okay. That's what I figured. Sweetheart though. I, I hung, we, I, I, I hung out with her on a friendly, I, I hung out with everybody. I mean, Mm -hmm. Matthew Lillard, house sat for us and Courtney would come into my trailer and I went, David Arquette was my little like Valentine Day boyfriend in seventh grade. We used to, all of us went on dates. We all interacted, but Nev wasn't there that day. She had a conflict, but she called me and said, Lee, I'm so sorry I couldn't be there for you Mm -hmm. that day. But that, it worked out better for me because we weren't supposed to know, the characters weren't supposed to know that she was there anyway. Right. Right. And I feel like if I had, if Nev was sitting in there, maybe it would have affected me on some subconscious level. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think it worked out really you know, Betty Davis did a movie with uh, Bridget F- Henry Fonda, and Henry Fonda's they did a love scene, and Henry Fonda's wife went into labor. So Betty Davis did her scenes to a broomstick. So wow, like, a broomstick. Okay. Sometimes you can't always have the person there. Right. right. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, Neb wasn't there. Neb okay. was not there. That's a little trivia. Okay. That is very. She did cool. her stuff alone. Mm-hmm. Without me, okay, and then okay. yeah, yeah, okay, cool. That's very cool. And this was shot on a film camera, a Panasonic camera, back in those days, correct? I yeah, I guess. Yeah, you guess. <laughs> She's like, I don't know. That's for the, all the nerd film, right film here. nerds out there. <laughs> like whatever. You'll have to forgive me because I've done a couple of interviews recently. Is the only reason I even remember some of this stuff. <laughs> oh, I have God. forgot. Nancy Ann is my complete memory. She remembers everything. Oh wow. But now that I've done an interview in a convention, because of Nancy Ann, it's all come back. Right. Nancy Ann and I are friends in real life. Oh, okay. And we're friends mm-hmm. back okay. then, mm-hmm. became friends. So that's okay. cool. So let me ask you. So when, well, what was I going to ask you? I, I kind of kind of blank for a second. Sorry, mom. <laughs> so when you, when this movie came out, did you go see it in theaters at all? Were you like, that's me? Did you bring your family or <laughs> bring anything? Bring the whole crew. Be like, watch out. my scene. Do you really want to know the truth? Absolutely. I'm, and I don't mean it to offend anybody. Uh-huh. I really don't. I've never seen Scream. Okay. Wow. And I I tell people I read the script. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm very shy. I, I, I only very recently because somebody... Because I have people making me stuff all the time. I only very recently saw some scenes from another movie that I was in, which is, do you want to know a secret? And we, We're going to get to I, that. I, mm-hmm. I thought it was, I, I didn't know, but I think it's not a bad movie. <laughs> I actually, I've watched it because I knew it's I was going to. It's, it's, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's a of a 90s horror film. Yeah, it, <laughs> it reminds me, it's supposed to be a spoof off uh-huh. of I Know What You Did Last Summer. And I still know what you did last summer. But we're jumping ahead. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I was in a a Lifetime movie and I was in 
an Amazon movie. Yeah, Amazon Look show. Look at you. And I know when my part came out, I posted it all on Facebook. We watched and Insta- it so many And I times. went through it slow by slow by slow. And Every I was like, that's frame. me. Every that's frame. me. That's me. <laughs> Every time you walk by. But, no, I... No, that's so cute. No. But if I, How did you like that, Sammy? Did you enjoy watching it frame by frame? It was great. Yes. Over and over and over again. Well, she, it was a really lot. Cute. It was a lot. She knew what she signed up for when I she, did, yeah. she married me. So she, she knew yeah. what she was in for. Mm-hmm. But it You was... guys are adorable. We should Thank all you. be so lucky to have a happy marriage. <laughs> Thank you. Like She's this. my best friend. Like, yeah. she supports me no matter what. Like, I, like I'll tell you, I was hit by a box truck few years ago i was hit five by a 25 years ago like i was hit by a 27 foot box truck mm-hmm. in florida and i've been oh. through multiple surgeries mm-hmm. and yeah. she I'm has so been there sorry. for everything mm-hmm. thick and thin so yeah, i wouldn't be mm-hmm. wouldn't be anywhere without her today thank you wow and so that's very i'm very sorry you went through that no it's okay but, it's and okay. it bonded you guys though absolutely that's, you're yeah, a wonderful sure. person i just I respect that, that you stood by him. That's oh, thank all. you. Yes. Uh, he, I, why I, I, I that too. watch horror movies and all that now, too. Because I did not. Oh, okay. I did not watch so, this before. So, <laughs> we own a podcast network. It's called Limitless Broadcasting. So, we have the You Can't Kill the Boogeyman podcast. One, yeah. We have the Pixie Dust Twins and the Painful Truth of Living with Chronic Pain. And we are involved with all of those. And so, we uh, liked horror movies and we yep. were like well let's not just talk about chronic pain stuff yes let's do something fun it's much more fun and i so, have some questions for you sammy about yeah. chronic pain because I, I have a brain disease we can talk later about it ah. your feelings about kratom actually because of the opiate problem mm-hmm. in the world yeah yes. and i'm sure because of your accident you had to be on a lot of medication I was, he is yeah i was taking i will tell you at the height of my i still take narcotics for pain but mm-hmm. at the height of it i was taking nine percocet a day mm-hmm. and I, she said it made me crazy it did. like i i was like very violent not to her or anything like that but i was very angry yes. i was very paranoid yes. listen i get it i they gave me 120 percocet a month when i got my brain disease at 40 i don't do that now but right it's called the suicide disease and all your symptoms you're just saying mm-hmm. exactly yeah i i've detox from narcotics yeah. and mm-hmm. so many times like I would be on it and I'd be up here mm-hmm. and then I would detox and then I'd get back on it and then after a while like I used to have a stomach thing where I always used to like throw up and get Lots nauseous of nausea. And, yeah and then I was just like I don't want to do this anymore no. so now I take but like you were in pain so you didn't know right exactly right exactly yeah yeah so. so what about Kratom? Have you ever heard of Kratom? I have, Sammy? but I've heard it's so hard to pick through stuff, though, because you hear all these like bad stories about it. So we're looking more at like the medicinal marijuana option for him and cannabis, because I've read a lot about that and how it helps with like pain issues, even though there's not a lot of like official right. studies and stuff for it. So we lean towards that because the Kratom, because it's not as regulated, I've heard some like more horror stories about people you know dying like what i've heard them dying from it i don't know what it is exactly but i think it's harder because so many people produce it and you don't know where it's coming from and the medicinal marijuana there's a lot of dispensaries and they have actual pharmacists and medical people who are involved in it and that makes me slightly more comfortable (laughs) too for him 
So, but I, I haven't read a lot about it yet. I have a friend who has chronic pain as well. Mm-hmm. He actually okay. does cranium. Yeah, he likes it. Though. I will let I'll get him in contact with you, and you can ask him all the questions you want. He uses that. He uses what else? Like pot. Yeah, I have a medical marijuana card that I just started. I've handled my pain situation. They came out with something for me that works that's not a narcotic. But I have a friend that has severe back pain, but he's also a drug addict. So he can't take Vicodin and Percodin and all that. But he's still still in so much pain. Right. And and he's on Kratom. And in my opinion, it affects him and the way he acts. And I don't know if it's... Yeah. But I just don't know what people that have legitimate pain but are also drug addicts or have addiction problems. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And also, well, this is a whole different stuff. But maybe we'll do another another time. <laughs> we'll have you on our chronic pain I'll podcast. I'll do a different yeah. show for you. Yeah, there yes. you go. We'll chronic have you pain, on the chronic pain yeah. podcast. Like a panel. Like a panel. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <there> <laughs> exactly. Uh, let's pull it back in. Okay. Yeah, where were we? We'll move, let's rewind. <laughs> so you're on set. Mm-hmm. You're shooting your monologue. How was it? On set, the vibe. A, the vibe was there a lot of energy? Were you nervous? Were you like, oh, I unbelievable? Don't... The set was unbelievable, and because of my relationship with the lead, mm-hmm. you know, at the time, I was able to be on and watch all a lot of the scenes, the mm-hmm. famous scenes, the kill scenes. Mm-hmm. Skate used to come home covered in blood, and so I I got to see every everything because that part because we were together Mm -hmm. if it had just been me i would have only been on set for one day right um but because of my situation i was you know there a lot and it was unbelievable i describe it as idyllic it was idyllic it was Mm -hmm. such everybody was cool there wasn't a snob or a like a weird diva in the group everybody got along i can remember laying out by the pool on a day off and you know, Rose was under 500 umbrellas because she never sat in the sun. Beautiful skin. Yes. We had the rap party. It was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Courtney, David, Skeet, and I, we all went on a date. We went race car driving. Oh, really? Matthew Lillard, and we all became friends. He actually lost our dog while we were in Europe, but that's a different story. He housed that for us. But everybody, and Jamie, Jamie was so cool. Oh, yeah. Everybody was just cool. I don't know. I, I, I wish I... If I had some, you know, I don't have anything negative to say. If I did, I probably wouldn't say it. But right. truly, it was idyllic. It was mm-hmm. like a perfect moment in time. That's and funny. Wes was the best director because it's very rare now that I've lived that you have somebody as talented as him, but is also so grounding and mm-hmm. chill. He wasn't frenetic. He knew what he wanted, mm-hmm. but he was grounded. Mm-hmm. He used to whisper in your ear, like he just, the tone and the vibe was great. Mm-hmm. That's my take. I Maybe feel like someone, West... someone else has got something other to say, yeah. but my opinion, it was, it was just so cool. I feel like from everything I've heard and everything I've read about West, that he didn't let the success go to his head. He was like a very down to earth person. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if he knew he was successful. Oh. <laughs> wow. He did. People that are as talented as him, like my mom always used to say, like the most talented people in the world are the ones that are just at the craft service table talking to everybody. Like, mm-hmm. right. I don't, there was, I can feel, I think everybody can feel ego on somebody. Right. There was no ego with Wes. And we all went to his house 
for the first dinner and I sat next to Drew, who's also lovely. Mm -hmm. And it was just fun. He, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't even think Wes Craven knew how successful he was. He just didn't have that vibe. Mm -hmm. It was just more like, that's who he was. Like, this is what he did. Like, like a plumber or a mechanic or Mm -hmm. it it wasn't like, I'm a director, you know, nothing. Right. Do you still talk to any of the cast today? Besides, not as much. I, I mean, Nancy Ann and I talk throughout the years. Yeah, but you know, I'm 50 now, so. But yeah, throughout the years, I have, but right. I'm not good friends with anybody like Chummy. You know, right? Yeah, you wouldn't go he over to their house an and be like, "Hey, let's have a beer or something tonight." Well, I don't live in LA anymore, but I right. definitely would with Nev. I used to go to Nev's house. David and I have known each other since seventh grade. Right actually just said hi to him oh so i guess yeah i did say hi to him through a friend from the uh, the convention in atlantic city and courtney cox is just about the most down-to-earth person you could ever meet i had never met her and she knocked on my trailer and opened up the trailer and said hey it's courtney and legitimately sat in my trailer for over four years just shooting the ship with me and i didn't even know her so that's what's up. I wow. can definitely understand why she has so many friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Courtney is like probably the the coolest, like she's a girl's girl or just mm-hmm. she's a chill, cool person. Okay. Oh wow. That's so cool. the movie releases, it comes out in December in ninety six, December yeah, ninety six. Mm-hmm. How does your life change from the release of the movie? I don't know. I don't pay attention to stuff like that. Okay. I had a lot of people come up to me and ask me to do the monologue. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like on the street. Okay. And and I did have a lot of people ask for autograph, but I I'm a very I can be very shy, so I just I didn't really pay much attention to any of it. Okay. Oh, okay. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. Sorry, I don't have a better. No, no, no. no. I, I want you to be genuine. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why people are going to tune into this interview. Mm-hmm. They want to know the real you. You know. Yeah. Did yeah. you see the last scream at all? The the what was it? Re- I'm going to. Requel? It's on my list. Okay. It's on my list. How is it? We have some thoughts on it. I wanted to ask you if you thought Wes mm-hmm. would like it. When you watch it, sorry, I can't. I can't answer to that. <laughs> when you watch it, let me know. Okay. Because I we that episode will be coming out, but we have our own comments on it, and so I wanted to ask you your opinion on it. No, sorry. No, no, you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. So yes, I don't know. I'm looking forward to being in a scream, another scream. I mean, I want I them to bring you know. back. That would be fun. Well, Wes said he was going to, but he he's not with us anymore. Oh, yeah. But yeah, he's like Lee. You don't get killed, so he used to always say you're going to be in. You know. So I'm still waiting, and I I've, I've had some people that have said the cheerleader and the bathroom girl should be in it. You know, absolutely. We yes. killed. Mm-hmm. Well, like Dimension now has it, right? Dimension Films. Who released the last one? Paramount? Yeah, it's Paramount. I'm sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they will call you. It would be great. What we were saying is in Scream 3, who was the killer? There was the killer that was supposed to be in there. Like oh, it Angelina. Was, it was, if they brought Angelina and Stu mm-hmm. back as killers for one of the Screams, that would be great. Because we believe Stu didn't actually die when the when the TV hit him. So there you go. All right. 
He... Then we could have the cheerleader involved. Too. Exactly. <laughs> I think so. I would love it. There that would be... And Nancy Ann would love it. Yeah. Oh, I, I think bring they her back too. Yeah. Bring both of you back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. That'd be fun. Yeah. The the next convention I'm doing, you you got it a little bit backwards, but I'm going to the Fayette the Fayette Comic Con next week. Just okay. To like For some 15, reason, 16. I thought it was already passed. So that's no, that why. No, that was the other. Yeah. This, mm -hmm. My yeah, my agent they're they're wanting me to do you know do them now. So I this will be my second one. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, that'll be fun. So, Scream gets out, it releases, then you get another movie role, and it's the. Do you want to know a secret? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How was how was filming that compared to filming Scream? I think this might be one of those no comment moments. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Um, I did uh, that. I was in a lot more of right, right. We shot that in Jupiter for twenty-one days. Jupiter, Florida. Me and Joey, me and Joey Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. and Joey was not. Well, I don't. I don't want to like get sued or anything, but there was a lot of drama on that set, mm -hmm. and some people were not happy, and some people didn't show up for the end of it, and the ending of the film had to be rewritten. Yikes. Wow. There was a lot of drama on that set. Oh, no. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember I locked myself in the trailer once because I was like, I'm not coming out. There's just too much going on out there. There's just too much stress. Like, oh, no. Wow. Not everybody was, I'm not going to name names, but they exactly. weren't happy with, with the way things were going and some people were more diva-ish. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was, it was interesting. It was, it was, the producers and all those people were lovely, the director, but there was some things going on and it was maybe just like the opposite experience, no. maybe, yeah, of, of Scream. But I had so much fun because I got to meet Jeff Conway, who was in Greece. Mm -hmm. Right. And Greece was my favorite, my favorite movie as a oh, little girl. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was very exciting for me. He used to smoke these long pink cigarettes and talk about Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't really get into. What? What is your favorite scary movie? If you had to pick one. Well, I just did an interview at the Atlantic, the New Jersey Horror Film Convention, and actually, I sat next to Mike Myers, the original, the Ooh. only unmasked wow. one, and Halloween. As a little girl, that was my scariest movie because mm -hmm. I was six years old, and my mom was a, kind of a teenage mom. And I don't think she knew that it probably wasn't a good idea to have, you know, a six-year-old go see Halloween. So I'm scarred for life, but <laughs> probably Halloween. And I, I ended up being friendly with Jamie Lee Curtis later in life, and she's amazing. Oh, I but really. Amazing. Are you excited Jamie. for Halloween ends? I definitely we'll probably see that mm -hmm. but my scariest movie it might not even be a movie that you guys know about but it's definitely it scarred me like i'm still traumatized is when a stranger calls oh my goodness That's... that movie scared the heck out of me oh no, no i've not seen that to me that that is why i don't really like horror films and of course i loved friday the 13th but mm -hmm. that movie when a stranger calls yeah one and done i can never see that again oh. and furthermore the actual the actual actor that was the killer mm -hmm. was in the audience in the theater when we saw it yeah. because we saw it in Westwood in Los Angeles and everybody sees movies in Westwood. It's like a big deal. 
And I turned around and there's the killer staring at me. I, I kid you not. I would have been like, nope. Uh, it's time to go. Nope. But artistically speaking, I have to be like the shining Rosemary's baby. Mm-hmm. My ex, my ex stepdaughter, she had got me into the conjuring. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and I love the omen. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I guess the Halloween's and the Friday the 13th, because yeah. that's when I came up. Right. Yeah. That, Those are good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would. Why is Scream so important to so many people in the horror film? Why did it change the way people perceived horror films? I think the way it was written. Yeah, it's and different. The way, it's very different. Mm-hmm. And it he takes from this film and this film and this film. All and these it, little, like, little tie-ins and to other horror movies. Puts it all together. I'll tell you. So my parents were divorced when I saw the original Scream. And I was actually with my mom. And I was like 11 years old, 10 or 11 at this time. And she actually let my sister and I watch the movie Scream with her. And I remember it being vivid. And then I told my dad about it. And he got so pissed that she let us watch it when we were so little. Mm -hmm. And that's my first memory of Scream. Like, I remember being getting in trouble with my dad for watching it. So it wasn't a bonding thing. I guess not. <laughs> My mom was very big into horror movies. So every like horror movie or genre, I would go over to her house and watch it. And so we kind of bonded in that way. So I wanted to get in the entertainment industry. And so mm-hmm. that's why we kind of do everything we do now is because she's more of the pharmacist. But I bring it out in her mm-hmm. is the creativeness or Mm -hmm. she does all the logos and you know scripts and everything we just just... seems like it's yeah scream means so much to so many people on a really deep level Ah. which i don't really understand but i can try to understand yeah that is a very good question why does scream mean i will put that on a poll in my story Mm -hmm. why why does the movie scream mean so much to somebody to you as a person. I know that I have a friend who is obsessed with horror films because I had a wonderful experience at the New Jersey horror film, the convention, mm-hmm. meeting the fans are so authentic and they're so into it and they have no shame about it. And it's like a bonding thing and they all know each other. But she told me it brings back very good memories of her childhood, mm-hmm. of her cousins, of her family getting together. Cause I, because horror movies scare me. They legitimately scare me. Like, I have a hard time watching them. I'm the type of person that will put a knife under my bed or lock all the doors oh, yeah. or put it. I get very scared. I got so scared reading The Shining. Just reading it. Mm-hmm. So, for me, I don't understand. <laughs> also, I'm watching the Jeffrey Dahmer thing right now. Yep. It's so disturbing. Oh, we're this trying doesn't to bring get in me that. any joy. I have no joy watching this. It's terrible. Yeah, we're, we're on like the fifth episode. It's a struggle. And we're struggling to get into it. Yeah. Because it's just so weird. So horrific. And the best line in the movie, in the film, for, in the series for me, is when it's not a spoiler because everyone knows he goes to jail. Right. But the security guy says, they should have put they should have put you in the electric chair. And Jeffrey Dahmer goes, I asked them to. 
therapist? Like I he know. has an awareness of how sick he was mm-hmm. where like a Gacy or, or a Bundy never admitted right. to anything. Right. Mm-hmm. That's true. But for me, I, it doesn't give me like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This gives me no pleasure right. to watch. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I don't understand the pleasure that, that you guys get from watching more. Well, films. to answer your question, why does Scream mean so much to me? I guess it's my mom died when I was 15. She died mm-hmm. of uh, colon cancer. I'm sorry. And so I, it brings me back to her, like bonding with her. That's right. why it means so much to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that makes sense. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. That's what I'm I'm getting at as I enter this world. Mm-hmm. I think she likes it because I like it so much yeah. and I get such a high off of them. Like, I love That's... all the Scream movies Just and Michael Myers, mm-hmm. Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. I love it all. But Scream is near and dear to my heart because of my mother. Yeah. So, so. that's why. Yeah. Nice. That's why. Oh, you man. know, Kevin Williamson, he, the first scene that he wrote was the bathroom scene. Mm-hmm. And that is how he sold it. And Wes Craven, right before we were sh- shooting the scene, he goes, you know, Lee, he goes, this is a very important film uh, scene in the film. And I was like, why? Like mm-hmm. in my mind, I was like, it's, 30 seconds, I just never understood. And he said, because it sets the tone for this yes. movie. So I'm very honored to have been in such an iconic film and to have played my little part in that. It's something that can never be duplicated. It's the first scream. And I had no idea. Actually, he told the costume designer, he said, I want you to style this movie in a way where it's timeless because you never know. People could be watching this 25 years from now. He's right. And look, yeah. I mean, I feel like I got very lucky to be in one of the most famous horror films of our time. Mm-hmm. It's very true. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And Wes Craven will go down as a legend. Oh, He's sure. the overall goat. Amazing. Mm-hmm. He's the goat. <laughs> I wish you guys could have met him. I wish everybody had had a chance to work with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel very blessed. I wish he was still here. Yeah. Me too. That's Me awesome. too. He was a genius at what he did. Mm-hmm. So yeah. do you have any uh, projects coming out? Any new ones? Actually, I do. I, I, I stopped acting for a long time. I did a lot of commercials and TV stuff. And then I directed and ran a theater company. And now that there's been this resurgence in interest in um, my little part in Scream, I am going to Ohio in a week and I'm um, doing The Girl 2, the sequel to The Girl 2. And I'm playing a, a, the nurse in a mental ward. It's a pretty big part. Yeah. So it'll be my first horror film in a long time. Wow. And I'm very excited. That's very that, Congratulations. And Nancy yeah. Ann actually has a part in it too. So. Oh, nice. Ah, yeah. okay, That's cool. great. My, my, um, I had no real interest in um, acting that much anymore. But my um, agent said, uh, as soon as you start doing the conventions, you're going to get offers. And uh, sure enough, I did. Mm-hmm. So they came pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So let so me break... I will let you guys know when it comes out. Yes, yes absolutely. Yeah. Let me break down the agents so people are aware. So you have a convention agent, and then you yes. have an um, agent for, like, film and television. Not anymore. I do in New York City, but I wasn't actively doing that. Okay. But now I am. So I'm starting back at it. Do you have... Are but you it's much go... easier when you just get offered a part. Right. Yes. Yeah. You can I'm skip sure. the audition part and I'm everything. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you going to do any like podcasts or anything like that? Uh, what do you mean? Like, are you going to start your own? Oh, gosh, I never thought of that. Food for what thought. What would I talk about? 
horror films? Yeah. <laughs> well, absolutely. No, I, I had no. I had no. I wrote a book. This well, is. I was going to get to that. We were going to get to that. Right. Oh, yeah. So oh, why don't we bring that up? You ha you wrote a book for mm -hmm. yoga. I did. And it's um, pinup style as a thank you to my grandmother. Right. Okay. But this is very near and dear to my heart. It took me five years to write it, but it's written from a fan's perspective. So it's not like preachy. Mm -hmm. And each chapter is like a couple of pages. Mm -hmm. And like one of the chapters is pop culture and yoga, mm -hmm. like Julia Roberts yoga butt. Mm -hmm. And it's just like a fun yoga book. So. Okay. I actually yeah. started. A, I'm gonna bring some. A lot of the fans want to me to sign it and buy it. So I'm bringing, uh -huh. I'm bringing it to, I'm bringing it next week to the Fayette Comic Con. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. And it's available on Amazon. I think they're just now sold out. So, mm -hmm. but nice. normally, Congrats. and then my my Instagram. I have not been into social media that big, but my Instagram account was hacked and taken over mm. yoga fangirl. So I had to start a new one. So now it's yoga fangirl two underscores. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So the one I've been DMing you got hacked. No, that's, that's the, the new right one. one. That's the right one. Okay. Yeah. It's the, no, but the one, one with all saying. my, okay. uh, all my follower, everything, all my family photos, all my memories, that's all my everything. horrible. People and I, I, can't, I couldn't get it back. Mm -hmm. So I'm starting over again. So we're starting from scratch. I'm only sad because my sister just had a baby and it had all my videos and memories and yeah, um, but yeah, it's terrible. I, I got a question from a fan. What is a normal Friday night like for you? <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> I love to eat Thai food. So probably get Thai food mm -hmm. and watch a Netflix show. <laughs> well, what's your favorite? Right now I'm watching that. Huh? What is your favorite Netflix show right now? Well, House of Cards, I watch that over and over again. Okay. But right now I'm watching The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, she Hulu. loves that. Oh, it, yeah. That yeah, bothers on, my soul. Did you see episode five? I have, no, we have not started it. Okay, so I haven't either. As soon as I'm yeah. done with you guys, mm -hmm. I'm going to cuddle up with my dog. My dog is coming, by the way, to the next one. What kind of Would dog do you, you have? This is Grizzy, the love of my life. Aww. And he's going to be dressed up in a Halloween costume to meet the fans. That's oh, awesome. And he, will be, he will be giving pawographs. Pawographs. Oh, no, that's, that's awesome. So cute. What kind so of Halloween costume? What's he going to wear? He loves this. Well, obviously, he's going to be in Ghostface. Ah, obviously. obviously. <laughs> I love it. That's great. So, no, I did. I found a Ghostface costume for him. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Next, next thing I'm looking for. That's really cool. Yeah, that is right really cool. I guess I'm sort of boring, but yeah, Netflix and some Thai food. Okay. Or I pizza. Mean, that's okay. fine. Yeah. Do you have a website that you want to promote, or anybody can go see, or where where can people find you? No, I'm on a lot of the fans. I'm on Facebook, but I it is private. But if you know, if I know some somebody, you can friend me. But I guess just Instagram, right? Okay. Yeah, okay. yoga fangirl to underscores. Like I'm just now getting into social media. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's a lot of work. No, I'm a lot older than you guys, so. You and I are pretty are around the same age. <laughs> I wouldn't. Say we that. are. Yeah. Oh, you look really young. I'm 37. No, sweetie, I'm <laughs> older than you. Oh well, I guess the 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 history I uh, read is wrong, then. Really? 
I was in Scream 25 years ago. You're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I'm yeah, I'm it's 50. definitely wrong. But I'm it sorry. doesn't really matter. I'm aged. Yes. 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 Of course. Absolutely. Of course. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Do you want to add anything else? Yeah. Anything else you want to share? Anything Just we haven't? That I'm really, really excited, and I will p- be posting on my Facebook and my Instagram all of the the conventions because I'm going to be doing a lot of them. I'm going to be going to Europe and I'm going to try to sign as many of the posters as I can for everybody. And I've had so much fun doing it. So I'm just really excited to meet everybody. Nancy Ann does them with me. So if you want to meet the, the, the bathroom girls, you know, follow us. And um, it's a new thing that I'm doing. So I would just love to meet everybody and I'll keep you guys posted with all my new horror film. Yes, please do. This is my first one, the girl part two. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'm just happy to be here. Awesome. Well, I'm so happy that you Mm -hmm. agreed to come on. Yes. Thank you. I've been thrilled about it since we got you. I was like, we got her. Yes, it's (laughs) coming. (laughs) So excited. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. thank you so much. It's really great to meet you guys. Yes, same. Yes. I'm gonna... And if you do, if you do another podcast, I'd love to be on a panel mm-hmm. for the the pain pill thing. I, uh, yeah. That yeah. stuff interesting. Yeah, we'll have to put yeah. something together separate from horror. I, I'm interested in in medicinal medicine too. So. Well, it was really lovely to meet you guys. Anything yeah. else? Yeah, no. Well, anything else you want? I don't ask? know. I think that was all the questions we had. Yeah, yeah. you were great. Mm-hmm. I will so let you fun. know when this gets out when we edit it. Thank you so much. You guys have a good night. Yes. Yes. Thank you. All right. Yes. Keep in touch. Yes. I will. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye. 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 You Can't Kill the Boogeyman podcast is produced and hosted by Robbie and Sammy Brooksby as part of the Limitless Broadcasting Podcast Network. Post production and intro by Sammy Brooksby. Follow the show on Instagram at Boogeyman Pod. You can also follow the Limitless Broadcasting Company at Limitless Broadcasting and your horror hosts at Robert 1950 Studios and at The Samalam. We also have a TikTok at 1950 Studios. Email your creepy comments and spooky suggestions to us at boogeymanpod at gmail.com. Don't forget, everyone is entitled to one good scare. Have a horrific week. <laughs>